Good morning, friends, and welcome to A Hasty Podcast. I'm your host, Weston Hasty, and you're listening to A Hasty Podcast. Hello and good morning. It's been some time. It's been some time, as it so often is, but I'm back again until I retreat and disappear down into the uh, abyss or wherever it is that I go. Welcome to my podcast. If you're unfamiliar with me and my podcast... I'm Weston. Hi. I have a podcast that I uh, use to talk about things that interest me in one way or another. And often those things involve video games, shows I've been watching, sometimes bits of news, that kind of thing. If you've been here before, you know what we're talking about. I uh, stream this little podcast uh, to, not not stream, not live stream, but I stream this podcast to most of your uh, favorite podcasting platforms, your Spotify's and your Apple's and the such. And I also have it over here on YouTube, over here, over on YouTube, as I say over here on YouTube as if I'm currently there right now, physically in the space that is YouTube. Anyway, uh, in both places, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you'll notice a a slight difference with the um, podcast than usual. And I feel like we'll probably be doing this for the foreseeable future for the time being. Um, There's no video accompaniment accompaniment to this podcast uh just trying it out going kind of audio only for for a little bit uh helps me uh speed up video editing because there's no video to edit so it's just audio editing which i'm not an audio engineer so my audio editing skills are pretty limited at best but needless to say it helps speed up production a little bit and roll these things out a little bit more consistently hopefully so we'll be doing that for the time being don't panic. If you guys love the video versions of this podcast, they may very well come back in the future when I have some more time to dedicate to the podcast because I've been struggling to do just that. I tried to record an episode of this podcast a week ago. God, it's been a long week. I tried to record an episode of the podcast about a week ago and I just... Man, it was so difficult to find the time. I finally did find the time uh, to record, but I was so busy and I, I was so scatterbrained that uh, I ended up scrapping the thing. I wasn't—I just wasn't happy with it. I just wasn't happy with it. It's not very often that I'm not happy with an episode of the podcast because it's not like I hold myself to these extreme high caliber expectations or whatever with the podcast. It's kind of a very side thing that I just kind of do for fun more than anything right now. But uh, that was an episode where, <clears throat> and looking back on it, I, I, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't feel it. I wasn't feeling it, so I scrapped it. So that, now we have this thing. We have this thing. I feel a lot more energetic for the time being. I gotta take advantage of that while I still have the energy in me. I've been finding it very difficult lately to find the energy to do a lot of the things that I like to do after I get off of work. I have a long commute. Um, after I get off of work, it's about a 40 minute drive back home. And by the time I get back home, it's usually in the realm of like five o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the evening. Five o'clock is a weird time where it's like late afternoon, early evening, somewhere in that range. But about five o'clock usually by the time I get home. And after I sit around for 40 minutes in the commute, I usually, if I had any energy or I had any sort of excitement to do something when I got home, by the time I I actually get off work, by the time I drive home, those 40 minutes help kind of like, 
uh, slow down the the heart rate or something. I don't know what it is, you know, because I'm sitting there for 40 minutes and I guess it just starts to like sink in and I start to get lethargic and I get tired and I don't get anything done. Couple that, double that down with the fact that we entered daylight savings time. If you're uh, here in the U.S. with me, we entered daylight savings time this past weekend. Was it was it literally just Sunday? This is it's only God. It's it's only like Wednesday or whatever. I don't I don't know exactly what day it is. You'll be listening to this by the time I release it. I think it's Wednesday, right now. It is Wednesday right now. God, I literally had to say, I think it's Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is. That's what, how discombobulated I've been lately. It's Wednesday now as of recording this, right? So it, it's been three days, four days, four days. Because I think Saturday... How, how does daylight savings work? How do I explain this? It's like Saturday night, but actually it's secretly Sunday morning. Because it's 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m. Sunday... We jumped forward an hour for daylight savings time. If you're unfamiliar with daylight savings time because you live in some place that doesn't observe daylight savings time, which includes lots of parts of the world, including some parts of the United States, don't observe uh, daylight savings time. I think uh, I think Hawaii doesn't. I think there's another state that doesn't that I can't think of off the top of my head. I think a couple of the territories, like Samoa, doesn't. Um... So there's a couple of United States states and territories that don't observe this. But for the majority of the United States, we observe, observe this. And Sunday morning at 2 a.m., we jump forward to 3 a.m. At least it does in my area. I don't know if it jumps forward at like 1 o'clock a.m. in Mountain Time and 3 o'clock a.m. in Eastern Time and Midnight uh, Pacific Time. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I did not list those in order from east to west. I just randomly picked times. But anyway... For me, in my region, here in the Midwest, uh, Central Time, United States, when it hits 2 a.m. Sunday morning, it turned into immediately 3 (laughs) a.m. in Central Time. So we skipped an hour forward in time, and then we go into daylight savings time. And then sometime in the fall, I always forget when and always have to look it up. We fall back an hour. That's how I re- always remember. That's how, that's how people in the states that observe these times, daylight savings and standard times, we remember this by saying in the fall, we fall back an hour. And in the spring, we spring forward an hour. So we spring forward an hour this last Sunday, which typically means... On that day, you get one hour less of sleep. So, you know, normally, say you go to bed at 10 p.m. and you wake up at 6 a.m. I don't know. That's an eight-hour... Uh, that's eight hours of sleep. That is far more sleep than I ever get. I go to bed at midnight and wake up at 5. But anyway, <laughs> say you go to bed at 10 and you wake up at 6. That's eight hours of sleep. That's a healthy amount of sleep. That's awesome. I feel... I, I'm so happy for you that you get to do that. This last uh, Sunday, that didn't get to happen. If you went to bed at 10 p.m. on Saturday and woke up at 6 a.m. on Sunday, instead of eight hours of sleep, you actually got seven hours of sleep. Now, that one hour of difference doesn't sound like a tremendous deal, but it is. We all hate it. Everybody that observes daylight savings time, we all hate it. None of us enjoy it. We're lethargic. We're tired. We're cranky. I need double dose of coffee to get going. Luckily for me, Sunday is not a day I typically have to uh, work my day job. It's just a day that I use to relax and do some of my side projects, which is sometimes it's podcast, sometimes it's video editing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, speaking of video editing, I have a YouTube channel called Magic Man Mo. It's over on YouTube. You should definitely check it out. I stream video games, play video games. It's great. Do it. Um, 
So daylight savings time. We hate it. It sucks. Fortunately, I didn't have a lot going on Sunday, so I got to sleep in a little bit. I didn't have to worry about the, the, the changing time too much. But what doesn't change easily is everybody's circadian rhythm, right? Deep down, inside our guts, inside of our very souls, our sleepy souls, we know when we want to go to bed and when we want to wake up. And this swish-swash, this back and forth, every year, twice a year, we change the time, falling back an hour, springing forward an hour, falling back an hour, springing forward an hour. This back and forth nonsense messes with us for sometimes much longer periods of time than the singular day that you would expect it to affect. So, like, even beyond Sunday. I've been feeling the effects of, oh my gosh, I just feel like, I feel like the entire 24-hour day cycle has somehow significantly altered, even though it's only altered by the one hour, and I, I didn't lose any sleep Sunday morning because I got to sleep in. My Monday is still affected. My Tuesday is still affected. I'm still getting over it now on Wednesday. So anyway, we hate it. We hate it. We hate the time change. Most of us do. Not everybody. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are completely indifferent and it doesn't affect them whatsoever. I'm saying we as in the royal we. I, I speak for myself and only myself. So if you hear me saying we on my podcast, it's definitely just me and my multiple personalities. <laughs> That's all. That is all that I am talking about. So anyway... Exciting news. I've been stoked to hear this. In fact, I was actually confused. Um, I, I was complaining about daylight savings and, and, and that kind of stuff to um, my brother. And he sent me this message just the other day. It happened Tuesday. It happened yesterday. God, yesterday was a long time ago. Jesus. Um, sent me. He sent me a text with this screenshot um, that Senate just passed a bill making daylight savings time permanent. And I'm like, oh, no. God, no. I'm going to riot. I'm so upset. I completely misunderstood the screenshot. I misunderstood. I thought by saying that the Senate was passing a bill making daylight savings time permanent, I thought what that was saying was that we will always have the change to daylight savings time and the change to uh, standard time. That that would always be the case and there's no chance ever that we can get rid of one of these. That's what I thought that headline meant, but no. Looking into it today, just before (laughs) this podcast, um... I, I looked into it further, and no, I was I was sorely mistaken. The reverse is true. So, here's what's happening in the Senate. Um, I don't know who exactly is in charge of uh, proposing this bill. I, I think it's a few people. There's supporters. Um, I'm not I'm not really a political podcast, and I don't keep up with all the names. I, I don't keep up with it. So I'm the last person you should go to about like what senators saying this, what representatives doing that, etc. But it was uh, proposed and uh, passed in the Senate to make make a daylight savings time the time we use. So like we would be removing standard time, which I think is strange, but like only linguistically speaking, I've always been a uh, avid supporter of just going to uh, standard time, killing off uh, daylight savings time and just having one time all year round. Other states do it. Other countries do it. This is not unfamiliar. We should just go to standard time, kill daylight savings time, call it a day. I've always been an avid supporter of that. That being said, I've never had anything specifically against daylight savings time. It's like what time in the day it takes place. If we remove standard time and only have daylight savings time, I'm indifferent toward that. That's fine. I can get behind that. I, I, I guess there's a lot of support and a lot of not support. <laughs> What's the reverse of support? Uh, and, and, t- and, 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 antithesis. 
the antagonist antagonism there's some support and there's some antagonism sure i don't think that's the word we're looking for but uh why not we'll use it <sighs> so the idea is some people think we should go with daylight savings time as our uh, as our normal time because it promotes more daylight in the evenings on average allowing people to get out more, children to play more after school, more activities and stuff at night. There's more light at night when people are driving around so people won't get into crashes so much, maybe. Um, that kind of thing. People are supporting the daylight savings time being the permanent time for like reasons like that. The, any reason you can think of wanting there to be more sunlight in the evening during summer, those are the reasons we want to keep it all year round, basically. Um, there are people that believe we should go to standard time and not daylight savings time because going to stand, uh, savings time affects the winter, uh, negatively. In my opinion, not negatively enough. Uh, <laughs> again, as an avid supporter of going with standard time forever, I'm willing to say, fine, kill standard time and keep savings time. I'm willing to say that. There's some people, uh, making the argument in the Senate, the House, etc., trying to say that if we go to savings time, then in the uh, winter we will have less light during the uh, morning, so people won't be able to get up and moving about as quickly in the morning, there'll be more lethargy in the morning, mornings are going to be slow and terrible and blah blah blah, which I think is hilarious, because mornings are already slow and lethargic and terrible. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I don't need more light in the morning because it doesn't make a difference. I am going to wake up tired. I'm going to hate being awake. And it doesn't matter if the sun is shining or if it's not. But that's my opinion. I also only get like, you know, five hours of sleep a, a, a night. Sometimes sometimes four when I stay up too late or I have to wake up early. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, <laughs> anyway. That's my, that's from my perspective and my point of view, my anecdotal situation is I don't really care how much light there is or isn't in the morning. It is kind of funny though, um, now that we have sprung forward an hour, I have mo I have noticed the difference these last few days going to work, how much darker it feels in the morning, um, going off to, uh, uh, off to work. It feels like, you know, the sun's coming up at a weird time. I haven't felt it. I felt it. I've noticed it. But again, I don't care, especially in the summer because it's actually warm outside or at least it's getting warmer. So at least it's not dark and cold. Uh, that being said, in the winter it will be. But it was going to be dark and cold regardless. One way or the other. Winter is just cold all the time and it's just dark all the time. That's just the way it is. So I figure... I don't care whether we keep standard time forever or we keep daylight savings time forever. I would rather do one or the other, but not keep swapping back and forth. As some studies have indicated, the swapping back and forth is negatively affecting all of our health. It's affecting our circadian rhythms. It's affecting depression rates. It's not good. It's not good to be doing this. There's uh, some evidence that during the short periods of time where the changes take place, people are at higher risk of like heart attacks, maybe strokes. Don't 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 quote me on strokes, but I've definitely seen heart attacks claimed. I'm not citing anything, by the way. And <laughs> in, in the scope of this podcast, you're going to have to do your own research. I'm not citing anything. I've, I've read these things somewhere. I, I'm pulling them out of the ether that is my mind right now. But I've seen these things. And I'm so going back. I'm very excited. I'm very excited that uh, it has passed the Senate that we will only be having daylight savings time 
I'm very excited. The downside is that it won't take place until November of 2023. So this fall, we will still move back to standard time. And then next spring, we'll spring forward to daylight savings time. And then that will be the last time we change time. So there's still two time changes in the future that will take place over the course of the next year. I don't know why we need that long. I don't know why we can't make whatever changes need to be made to accommodate this uh, law before, you know, this next fall. But um, I'm not a politician. I don't know. There's probably some kind of lobbying going against this because it affects the status quo. Anytime you want to change something ever, period, there is going to be pushback from somebody. Um, I'm not saying that to, 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 I don't know, take shots at anybody that is opposing the daylight savings time thing i'm not taking shots at anybody or any group or whatever the point is is that no matter what change you make whenever you propose something you will have some kind of pushback so i don't know if that's part of the reason for the wait it's past the senate which means it still needs to pass the house the house of representatives um and then i think it also needs to be signed by president biden and we don't know last i saw we are unclear as a people uh, whether or not it will pass the House and whether or not Biden will support the bill or not. Now, if Biden doesn't support the bill, but the House does support it, it's possible for the Senate and House to overrule Biden. So it's not like all three things have to necessarily line up. One of them can not follow. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head if the House declines it, but Biden passes it. If the Senate and Biden have some way of pushing it through the house a second time. I don't remember the exact order. Point is the Senate passed it. We just don't know where the representatives and the president stand at this time. So I'm looking forward to seeing more people um, come out either for or against this and see how close we can get to um, to passing this darn thing. The figure I last saw, which was funny, I was reading a news article. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was by Reuters. I don't remember who it was. But uh, I was reading a news article and they cited... A statistic but they didn't cite where it came from <laughs> so i don't know they cited a poll or tried to cite a poll that uh something like 71 percent of americans support um going to one time whether it's standard time or savings time wh- whatever as long as it's just one of them um 71 percent of americans support it but they didn't cite where that poll came from so I-, I can't speak to that but that was the last thing i saw and i i don't I believe it. I don't know if 71% is accurate today, if it's something a little higher or a little lower, but I believe it when the, when when I hear that the majority of Americans want it to be one thing. Because we complain about this as Americans every freaking year. We hate it. So, again, I'm, I'm using the royal we here. I, I can't speak for everybody, but I certainly hate it. I should say that. That's where we are. I'm very excited about it. You've just listened to me basically rant about this thing for about 15 minutes or so. Uh... So you can tell just how passionate I am about this. I'm not I'm not delivering hot facts and tips and such. I'm not reading off crazy statistical surveys. I'm just literally raving about this thing that I want to happen so badly. And so that's your news section of today's podcast done and over with. You don't have to think about it anymore. Daylight savings time forever. Here we go, baby. Let's go. Or standard time forever. I don't care which one we do. Um, now that we're in savings time, I'd rather just say let's keep it. But then obviously the the bill that passed already doesn't take effect till 2023. So whatever. Uh, 
I, I'm looking forward to seeing this hash out. Apparently, this has happened before a couple of times in American history, but before I was born. So yeah, ancient history, as far as I'm <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Apparently, this has happened before to varying degrees of success. But hey, 2022 is not the same uh, year as 20 what 20. 60 26 jesus 1960 or whatever the last time this happened different periods of time decades apart i want to see this happen there you go what else do i got for you guys today i hate i hate to um i hate to end the podcast this early uh and just just having the entirety of this podcast be me raving about (laughs) about uh daylight savings time so second topic Topping? Second top, second topic. Also, I've noticed I say so a lot in the podcast. So, so, I don't even do that in real life or in my streams or in my videos. I don't even do that. So is not an um word for me any other time, except maybe this podcast. Anyway, second topping. I said it again. You know what? From now on, topics or toppings. Second topping. I recently finished watching uh, Critical Role's the legend of vox machina on amazon prime some of you will know that i'm a little bit of a nerd if you uh watch me on my streams or watching my videos which is already a pretty nerdy thing to do um you'll know that i'm a nerd if you've been watching this podcast for a while you know that i do a little D, a little st- stuff like that myself i i am a dungeon master for a D session um, myself, I am also a player in a different D and D campaign uh, that is dungeon mastered by my brother. So I'm in two dungeon uh, dungeons and yeah, Dungeons and Dragons campaigns right now. So I'm a little I'm a little bit of a nerd, and I'm uh, I'm familiar with Critical Role. I remember them uh, starting their streamed campaign years ago. To give you some filler, give you some context, Critical Role is the name of a group of voice actors. Uh, it's, well, it's a bigger company now. It's the it's the name of a company, but it was founded by a group of voice actors that put together um, a show. Originally, these voice actors just played a Dungeons and Dragons game of their own. It was a house game for fun, played it on their own. But they had this idea to make it into a show. They pitched the idea to Geek and Sundry, which is a another company that produces content and. They pitched the show, Critical Role pitched the show to Geek and Sundry, and uh, they got greenlit. Critical Role became this uh, D&D streaming show on uh, Twitch, and it, I don't know, t- uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where to, how, how do I, there's so much history to explain if you're like a super nerd, but if you're a critter, as they call the group of people that watch, there's so much to explain, but I'm trying to think of how to keep this brief. Dungeons and Dragons, they streamed it. The party, the players that played the game, they uh, belong to a party called Vox Machina, and they're a group of heroes, and they save the day. There you go. There's a lot more detail to that. There's a barbarian, a a cleric, and a rogue, and a ranger, and a druid, and and, um, a bard. I think that's like your main six, if I'm not skipping anybody. Uh, And they're all played by various voice actors, um... Travis Willingham, uh, Marisha Ray, uh, Matt Mercer is the Dungeon Master. These are all very famous voice actors that you've probably seen in video games, that kind of thing. I, I'm skipping. I'm skipping some names right now because I'm gonna. I'm gonna forget who they all are off the top of my head uh, because I'm, I'm. I'm just bad with names. I'm just actually really bad with names. I know all of them. If you show me a picture and I think about it, I can do it. Right now, I'm trying to remember freaking Pike. 
Pike is the name of the character, but I can't think of her freaking voice actress right now. I can't do it. What the frick is her name? Ashley? Ashley something? Ashley Johnson. See, that's what I'm talking about. It took me a minute. Anyway, I'm not going to sit here and try to think of all their names. Voice actors, they're great. Love them. They finished Campaign 1 years ago. Campaign 1 is the Vox Machina story with several arcs in it. They're done with that. It's all improv. It was not done ahead of time. They didn't script anything. It's all improv. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of content to watch from their original streamed campaign. Since then, they've got a second campaign uh, done. They've already started and completed a second campaign with a completely different group called the Mighty Nine. They're currently working on campaign three, their episode, I don't know what, like two dozen or something like that, episode 20-something maybe, I think, I don't know, of campaign three. I haven't kept up with that. I'm woefully behind. I'm like two, I'm like one-third of the way through campaign two, and I dropped the series forever ago. Not, not because I wasn't enjoying the show, but because I just lost track of time and it got really busy and blah 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 so i'm still i'm still deep in campaign two right now so i'm way behind way behind i i watch them i watch them i listen to them streamed usually in my car um when i'm like going to work or whatever but i haven't been doing that lately so i'm wo- i'm woefully behind nonetheless campaign one vox machina they the critical role team put a kickstarter out to make an animated special of vox machina uh, they were going to do one episode of the uh, Whitestone arc. They put a Kickstarter out to make this special happen, and it exploded. It became Kickstarter's number one most funded show, animated show of all time. And because they found so much success on Kickstarter, the stretch goals basically ended up blowing this one episode special into a 10 episode se- uh, season. And with all that money and with all that backing, uh, Critical Role got the attention of Amazon, the company. Amazon picked picked them up for an Amazon Prime exclusive show. And now we have season one, The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime, which I happen to have. I I so happen to have Amazon Prime. And it looks very much likely that we'll see a season two, if not a season three as well. Uh, the way I'm looking at it, the way I, I imagine it, I have to imagine there'll be at least three seasons. Uh, if season one is like Whitestone Arc, season two is like Chroma Conclave, and season three is like uh, uh, the Vecna Arc. Not to, not to like, uh, is that spo- is I, I was trying to think, like, is that a spoiler? But honestly, if you haven't seen the show, none of those names will mean anything to you, so I don't think they're spoilers. So, so I'll just call it that. Those are the three arcs that I can think of. I think if they only made one season of Chroma Conclave and one season of Vecna, I think that would be extremely rushed. But I also don't know how much, uh, how many seasons to reasonably expect uh, to get made. I don't know what, what I don't know what's reasonable in the industry. So at the bare minimum, I'm seeing three seasons myself if we're going to actually complete the story of the Legend of Vox Machina. Needless to say, we're not there yet. I'm getting far ahead of myself. Season one of The Legend of Vox Machina takes place during the Whitestone arc, which is a very Percy-heavy um, uh, season. Percy is one of the characters in the show, voiced by Talison Jaffe. That's what it is. I had to think about I told you I'm bad with names. I had to think about it. Uh, and it involves... I don't know how much to talk about this without getting into spoiler territory, but basically, let's put it this way. There's a lot of undead... <laughs> There's a lot of undead. Percy is the only remaining surviving member of a noble house that presides over the city of Whitestone. But years ago, 
the noble family was overthrown by the Briarwoods. Violently overthrown. The Briarwoods and their uh, forces murdered off this entire family and replaced them with, again, like I said, the only surviving member being Percy. And I think that's... And I think that's a good grounding to give you without spoil it, spoiling too much of the show. But that's what this uh, arc is about. Is One, the show completely starts in the first like two episodes or so. Completely unrelated to that arc. It's a build-up to introduce you to the party. Introduce you uh, to some other concepts. And start to like set some things up. The first two episodes, really solid. But we don't really dive into that Whitestone-Percy stuff yet. You get to meet everybody. It's really great. And then the next eight episodes are all that Percy stuff where the Briarwoods show up in Percy's life once again, and Percy and Vox Machina um, go basically on this adventure to end the Briarwoods and seek retribution, revenge, freedom. They become kind of these freedom fighters to free Whitestone, the city. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a riot all the way through. What I want to say about the show, without saying too much, basically, is that the show is a riot. It's great. It is definitely not for kids. It is animated. <laughs> it's, it's not for kids. I, uh, I understand that there are those who watch the original show as a family. I'm, I, I, I'm aware that there are younger audiences for the show. This cartoon is not for kids. It is a cartoon. It is not for kids. It is animated. It is not for kids. It is bloody. It is gory. It, uh, I mean, in episode one, like, not even five minutes in, you see Scanlan's dick. So, <laughs> you see Scanlan is a bard who, um, is on a quest basically to, uh, to, uh, um, to, uh, what, what, what am I trying to look for? I was trying to think of like a tasteful way to say this. He's, he's trying to connoiter with all of uh, all the all of the sexy uh, the sexy uh, uh, dames and 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 dudes of. I mean, he's just I don't know of all. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. I'm trying to think of anything witty at all to say anything clever. I am not a bard. I am not a bard. He's trying to get it with everybody. So anyway. You've got a, you got nudity and semi-nudity. You got blood and you got gore. You got swearing. You got all kinds of violence. There are so many times watching this show. I was watching it with my brother. There were so many times watching this show. Something horribly violent would happen. So like someone would get like murdered violently, or just someone would get splatted. There'd be like gore. There'd be something that something violent would happen. I'd be like, oh shit. And you know, um, and just be like, oh, no, like like it would get a very out loud verbal like response from me time and time again because the show is so fun and so goofy so often that you're expecting it to be this sort of lighthearted comedy but then something horribly violent or horribly dark this show does get very dark um would just happen and i would just be completely blown back um this sort of dichotomy of goofy adventuring D party with dark violent and just absurdly gory um, action and, and, and that kind of thing. So not for kids is what is, is the moral of the story. Not for kids, but it is great. It reminds me, uh, of Castlevania in terms of its sort of Western anime vibe a little bit. Uh, the production company, production company, animation studio. I'm not, I'm not an industry man. I don't know what you call the company. The company behind animating the show was Titmouse, which I think is known for things such as, um, uh, Venture Brothers, maybe, I think, was Titmouse. So, you know, think maybe more along those lines than, you know, something k- more kid-friendly. Um, 
amongst other things. Titmouse has made, has made a bunch of stuff. Uh, what, what has Titmouse made? If I look it up, Titmouse, I don't know, IMDb or something. What, what, how do I how do I look this up? Titmouse IMDb. Is that what I do? Known for? I think that's an artist. I don't know what that is. I don't know what I'm looking. I don't. Th I don't think IMDb was the right place to go. You know what? You do your own research. I give up. Point is. It's very well animated. It gives me the vibe of a Castlevania um, episode, except Castlevania I had a ton of problems with. But to be fair, Castlevania's season one was very strong, even though it was only like four episodes. It was very strong. I think season one of The Legend of Vox Machina is very strong. I think it has some pacing issues here and there. Part of that might be related to the fact that they were trying to turn a streamed D&D &D campaign into an animated show as and, and keeping as closely to the themes and and some of the events of the of the of the stream as possible, but obviously in animated form. So there's a lot of cutting of content uh, to be had. So maybe that has a big part of it. I want to give them a little bit of a pass, but there is some pacing weirdness that I'm not going to get super specific into, but it does happen. I have got a few gripes, but not serious gripes, in my opinion. Otherwise, it's very fun. Highly recommend. If you have Amazon Prime or you can get hold of like a, I don't know, a free trial of it or something for a little while, I definitely recommend Critical Roles, The Legend of Vox Machina. It reminds me of just how much I want there to be more Western anime, basically. I'm a guy who's seen a little bit of anime. I, I, I hate saying that I'm, I like anime because then people think that I have seen things that I haven't seen. They think that I've seen more anime than I have. Like, I'm a person who likes anime, but has not seen very much anime. And actually, there's a lot of anime I have seen that I don't like. <laughs> I'm a person who claims to say that that I mean who who claims to like anime but not really like like I just love to hate watch anime the fate series I just love to talk about how much I hate it except for um fate zero and fate unlimited blade works which I like both of those uh for differing reasons those are very different series or like sword art online it's like I hate that show sword art online is so bad I hate it but I've seen it <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, that's where it's at. Don't even at me. <laughs> Very specific taste. Point is, all of those anime that I'm talking about suffer basically all a very similar problem because of the sheer nature of how they're made and from where they're made. They're made in Japan with a lot of Japanese culture and Japanese understanding and Japanese isms throughout their, their shows and their production, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm just not from Japan. <laughs> I'm just not Japanese. So there's a lot of Japanese-isms that in a lot of anime really come through. There's a lot of, like, philosophy and a lot of blah, blah, blah talking in, in some of these uh, anime that completely miss their mark on me because I'm not the intended audience. So when I see things like Castlevania and when I see things like The Legend of Vox Machina that are not made with Japan in mind, I'm like, yes, I want more anime like this that isn't just adult cartoons and something a la Family Guy or F is for Family or American Dad, those clones that all look the same and just sound the same, all these political sitcom adult cartoons that are just a dime a dozen. I don't want that. I want basically anime, but with a Western audience in mind. Because I'm Western. I'm from the United States. I want something catered to me, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I want more of that. And The Legend of Vox Machina scratches that itch for me. It's like it's like watching an anime, but it's not Japanese-isms. 
right? I like I understand the lingo. Like I just feel so much more comfortable and at home when they start dropping lingo. Like I laughed out loud when uh, uh, Vax, the rogue, is. I don't remember what he says exactly, but he's spending too much time with um, Keyleth, the the uh, the druid, and Vax is just like, "Oh yeah, I get it. She's the tits. Now let's move on, right?" Like just dropping lingo like that that you wouldn't hear. In watching an an, like a Japanese anime, it's like just, I don't know, I just felt so much more at home and a lot more comfortable and more at ease watching uh, this. And I, I'm just reminded how much more, I want more shows like that. I want more options that do that thing with good writing, solid writing with a Western audience in mind. It reminds me of that so much. But that's a completely like generic topic that's kind of just stuff that I'm looking at. If you have any uh, suggestions, if you guys have suggestions for shows that are like that, that scratch that itch, like Western anime type thing, if you have shows to suggest, I would love to hear them because I would love to watch more shows that scratch that itch for me. If you have suggestions, hit me up on Twitter at Weston Hasty. You can use the hashtag uh, Hasty Podcast to get my attention and I'll see it sooner or later sometimes a little slow on that kind of stuff or if you're watching this uh on youtube you can leave a comment that kind of thing and while you're out and about by the way maybe make sure you uh, rate this podcast if you're someplace that you can give it a rating you know five stars a like you know whatever you can do just you know while you're out and about maybe uh maybe consider uh doing that that'd be pretty dope that'd be pretty great i'd appreciate that we could be friends like that. <laughs> and um, if you're uh, interested in supporting this podcast with money, with cold, hard cash, you can do so, so at patreon.com forward slash Weston Hasty. Over there, I will be doing a uh, short bonus podcast episode uh, just for patrons only. We do that every time um, one of these podcasts come come out. <laughs> Uh, I do a little short one over on Patreon as well as a sort of behind-the-scenes exclusive uh, type situation. They're super short. Uh, we call them Weston Wednesdays. So like every week on Wednesday that I release a podcast, I'm over on Patre- uh, pa- Patreon doing that. So if you want to support with Cold Hard Cash for as little as a dollar a month, you can have access to that as well as other stuff. So you can go do that. Like I say, if you want to go buy a, a Hasty Podcast coffee mug or other drinkware, you can go to magicmanmode.com. Uh, that's my store, or you can go to westonhasty.com, which is my website, and you, you can click on the tab that says shop, and you can go shopping from that tab. Genius, I know. For all of the things that I do, if you didn't remember any of that, the one thing to remember is westonhasty.com is the home for all of the things that I do, my YouTubes, my social medias, everything. I've got a Discord channel. Come hang out. Come chat. There you go. Westonhasty.com has all of that information. You should go check it out. But that's going to be it for my pad, my podcast, my podcast, my podcast today. I want to thank all of you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please do all of those things. And until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and wash your hands. Okay, I'm out of here. Bye.